Hey, what are you doing? You can't grow that here. America's public enemy number one. Again, nobody has done more right. for black Americans than I have. Yo, I hella like that song, bro, but you should turn that shit down a little bit because I need you to turn something else on, bro. It's called Symbiosis Now. Welcome back to Symbiosis Now. This is Tyler Colombero. We're here with the one, the only, Lino Salinas. Hey, what's going on, Tyler? Same old, bro. Good to see you, man. <laughs> Likewise, man. It's good to be here. Me and Lino are buddies. We met in a workplace. We live here in the Central Valley. Um where there's a shit ton of almonds grown and we work somehow correlated to that. But we've met, we've become good friends, we have similar interests, and I've been excited to have him join us on the podcast for a while. Yeah, well, thanks for, uh, I'm glad we finally made it happen. Uh, thanks for having me here. Like I said, um, you know, it was tough getting a schedule, but once you find a date, you know, I'm glad it worked out. Hell yeah, well, you work too damn much, bro. <laughs> You're always killing the game, son. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you know how it is, you know, working all week and then the weekends, you know, spent uh, just catching up with uh but things that you haven't done during the week and stuff. So, you know, my Monday through Sunday is just always swamped. But it's always good to, when you get this free time in it, you're able to do something, especially something different like this for myself. Like it's, you know, kind of breaking away from the norm, which, you know, is pretty cool. Hell yeah. You cook a lot too, bro. So I know that you fucking <laughs> at least eat good in the meantime, yeah. bro. Like, cause I see your barbecuing skills and shit sometimes. Yeah. And your brother, you know, that's cool. Yeah. He, he's, he's good at doing, uh, certain things he, he cooks really well as well uh he's kind of he was always my inspiration because he was always trying new things and i think that's how i kind of got started with it because i was always kind of simple you know just straightforward and i've always loved barbecuing but then we started kind of getting to well you know what you know we go to restaurants so much man and there's so many things you could do that they i mean they if they can make it so can you kind of thing you know it just takes some work sometimes and so he inspired me inspired me when he started you know trying out new recipes and so it kind of got me into that world and so now yeah everything you see on my social media man it's just food 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 that's all i post but yeah eating good for sure probably not good during the quarantine with my weight but <laughs> shit bro for real the quarantine has changed everything bro yeah. you'd think it wouldn't change like a lot of people talk about rural areas like it not really affecting but it's definitely put a more of a damper on our already very strange environment the way we live in the central valley kind of you know yeah. a lot of big agriculture shit like that you know my mom and my girlfriend they're uh they're a part of the school systems you know they different different districts but they're you know both in the school systems and and yeah man it's to them it's it's a whole new world you know it's it's a learning process for them right now as, as it is for the kids you know and, and any student right now from like i've mentioned to you before you know from k through 12 all the way in college you know this is it's it's insane you know what i mean what what what's being asked of everyone is insane and and everyone's just kind of, you know, taking it as it comes and, you know, problem solving uh, as, as you, you know, as things come up, which at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's stressful. But I think the cool part about this, and there's nothing really cool about a quarantine, right. but it allows people to kind of MacGyver things, you know, you kind of work more on the fly. It kind of allows you to kind of break your head a little bit and figure things out faster. You know, I've always thought that we're kind of comfortable. We fall into this this routine you know so now that we're forced to come up with things on the fly and and fix things as they come you know it kind of has this more uh you know uh, i don't even know how to describe it exactly but you know pretty much it's just you know better problem solvers it's, it's allowing us to learn how to problem solve faster and be more effective and I, I think that's one good thing if you could put a positive spin on it it would be something like that yeah that's a really good approach to take about that man i, I agree i don't think about it like that enough honestly mm -hmm. i i get all wrapped up in the like man the world's changed but then i see that too i see that the uh 
the changes that were absolutely probably necessary that it had to take something uh, like a pandemic or a tragedy like this to kind of get us to shift gears and realize oh we need to be a little more self-sustaining and think about our collective society because we're all in this we're all could get sick we could all be affected by this you know no, yeah. us together kind of in a weird way yeah no yeah yeah i think so too uh you know even though we're kind of all sometimes isolated at their home at our homes and stuff but yeah it does bring us together because like you said we have to be self-sufficient uh because i mean there's times where you see shortages in stores and i mean at the beginning of, of everything in the early part of stuff you would you know see you know whether it be walmart or your local grocery stores uh low on whether it's produce meats especially meats were kind of at one point just they wiped everything out so it, it's good to be self-sufficient you know instead of having to go to a grocery store you can walk to your backyard pick a lemon you know pull a carrot out of the ground yeah. you know grow some lettuce and so many things like that where it, it's allowing us to kind of revert back to how the world was maybe 100 150 years ago which isn't even that long ago yeah yeah it seems like forever ago but yeah it's, it's you know it's literally i mean if you think even at the history of america you know we're uh, just, just over what two and almost 250 years old and uh, you think about it, you think, man, you know, America feels like it's been around forever. But you start thinking, you know, more larger scale, you know, we're, we're a baby compared to a lot of nations. And um, so it's kind of cool to go back to to some of the earlier processes, you know, kind of going uh, away from the technology stuff, away from having everything at your fingertips and, and learning how to be, like you say, self, self-sustaining and, and growing your own stuff. And half the time, you know, it, it's it's 10 times better. You know, it's, you know, more, it's obviously organic. You know what you're putting in, you know what you're getting out. So, uh, in the sense, you you get a better product at the end of the day, and probably yeah. cheaper. You know, hell yeah, because <laughs> you're paying for the water. I yeah. mean, and, and there's arguable like fertilizers and pesticides, but I mean, yeah. if you do it kind of right, like I've been doing this year, like it's a very minimal input, like in that sense, it's mostly mm-hmm. water and just upkeep maintenance. You know, yeah. and I agree. I think that that could take us a long way. Obviously at any time in humanity but right now it's like a reawakening or a rekindling of that connection that we i feel like we've lost over this last century of i don't know i don't know what to call other than capitalistic dominance because it's reached every part of the world with its imperialistic aspects like making this industry out of everything to where all these smaller quote-unquote third world countries can't even fucking compete because they don't even have water anymore that that land may have been farmed where there's no water or if there is it's industrial sludge because of the, in, the industrial plant down the road that is where anyone in that area would have to work at yeah you know feel like obligated to work at because they're paying they're from america or they're from the da, 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 and they're paying big bucks they're from the uk mm-hmm. you know and it kind of ends up becoming the sellout thing to where all they can do and afford to do or thought to do is get a job at one of these shitty plants or something and make money to barely survive on the limited food that's available and then undermining the time and and effort and energy that it takes to actually maintain your own garden and your own uh, sustainability, yeah. you know? So we, 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 we do that in our world as well. We, we often sacrifice, we could say, working a full-time job for not having enough time in our backyard growing vegetables and shit because mm-hmm. – it takes a kind of a lot of time and, and maintenance and energy. But I, I manage it somehow, but that's because I've I've come a long way and I've been trying to find more shit out about this kind of stuff. Yeah. But the average person that just was like, I wish it was just easy, wish I just had a green thumb, it it's almost like it's in us. We just gotta get reconnected with it. Yeah, no, yeah. I think I think yeah, it's something that's like uh, <clears throat> even though we may have never done it, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like it's like riding a bike. You know what I mean? It could be a little rusty at first, you know, you try it out at the beginning and and the plants, you know, maybe your first your first attempt isn't too successful, 
but you know it's trial and error you know you know what the amount of water you put in the amount of fertilizer you put in people think water every day you do this and that you know when it comes to plants you know it's just you know well there's some there's things we have now uh to 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 let you know hey you know what it does need some water it doesn't depending on the soil and um you know, there's, there's, like I said, there's trial and error where, you know, you don't have to be a good farmer. You, you, the green thumb is, like I said, is, is within all of us, but it's one of those things that sometimes you feel, man, I can't do it or it's a lot of work. And, you know, at the end of the day, it, it might be more work than walking to a grocery store, picking out a head of, head of lettuce and, and, and bringing it back home. But uh, I would imagine that on top of, again, knowing that you get a greater quality product because it's fresh and picked right, right in your backyard. The, the the feeling you get hey i'm eating my own product you know i worked hard for this and you're kind of eating the fruits of your own labor you know literally yeah literally and, yeah yeah wow. and it's, so it's kind of like you know it's a two and it's a two in one you know you're getting some great quality food on top of that you you get a sense of satisfaction because again your own hands created this so i think it's pretty cool and i think it's something that you know would be nice to see come back a little bit where people start growing more farm you know not farms start planting more in their backyards it's you know even say i don't have much room man all you gotta do is build a uh, a, a small little section of your, you know, your backyard, anywhere, even even if you live in an apartment and you got a small little balcony, you know, a small little wooden crate with some soil, you might be able to not to, you might not be able to grow a bunch of, of fruits right. and veggies. Do you uh, need to, do you need to though? Like you really, I mean, you're yeah. trying to sell it or you're trying yeah. to survive, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you're gonna use it just for for your own consumption, you don't need that much because you know, as you're getting your products, you know, depending on what you're planting. It's it's a limited window, you know what I mean. It's gonna it's gonna get green. It's gonna be ripe at a certain point. Then you're overripe. You obviously want to pick it when it's ripe, but it's only gonna last so long. So yeah, you you don't you're not gonna probably plant to to feed a whole community, you know, just yourself. So yeah, even a small planter box probably can get you quite a bit of uh, of of uh, products to to be able to you know feed yourself at least a couple of weeks. You know, you never know. And and I think I said again, the cool part about it would be it's it's you're able to eat your own something that you know it's it's your own product and again there's just more than just oh it's just you know fruits or vegetable there's more to it to me than that and i think it's pretty cool you know and it's something that like i said you know i hope i do see a resurgence in it and stuff and like i said you know just to get more in touch with nature get more in touch with ourselves and again knowing what you're putting in your body too right because you know you see stuff in the store shelves you think oh it's clean it's washed or whatever and, and i'm not gonna get i mean we know some of the processes that that you know they have to go through to get the stuff to the stores but you know you think oh this is that well you know it's probably been treated with some stuff and and again you know all the stuff's been cleared and there's there's restrictions and things you have to do before and after the harvest but you know at least you know if you grow it yourself you know like i said exactly what's in there you wash it yourself you know hey this is in a sense organic and you know it's it's, it's going to be better for you at the end of the day so i think that's pretty cool like i said if you're able to grow stuff yourself yeah i like the word that you said too like a resurgence that's a good way to describe like mm. what's kind of what we're seeing because i know like this year i garden every year this year even like on amazon the hardware store wherever i normally get like a fertile bag of fertilizer or whatever just at the beginning of the season to like i use it every now and then you know just to throw out there but i don't like rely on that shit because i've found other things to feed the microbes right yeah of the soil right <laughs> but um i realized that a lot of those products are fucking wiped out a lot more people have to be gardening that's what it says to me or yeah. an underproduction but i doubt that i think the combination of normal production and then a garden season that really hit when the pandemic happened i know i got chickens over it i was like fuck that it's on getting the chickens dude yeah. you know what i mean and and um but it's crazy because the resurgence is definitely that's the perfect word it used to be more common yeah. and this is this is my theory so it's part true part fantasy tyler's fantasy kind of <laughs> but the front lawn me and allison researched it before you know the front lawn was originally 
a garden area that most people would have in the front or back of their house. Okay, yeah. That's what the the, the, the front lawn was. Yeah. But I my my theory, this is where it gets twisted, is that as capitalism seeps in and you have to be a workhorse looking yeah. at your watch all day, 40 hours a week, you're fucking not home. Mm-hmm. You know, your shit, everyone, everyone else is raising your kids, you know, yeah. and, 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 and there's no one raising the garden. And it all dies, and after a while, it just looks ugly over time. So then, what do the rich start doing? I ain't got time to do that. I buy my food at the store. You know, yeah. I drive my fancy car to the store and go buy these groceries at one at a time. And it's cool. But what I'm saying though is, then it wipes out the possibility of what would always be there. And people started modeling that after it, like as if, oh, that's an easy way out. I don't have to garden my front yard. I can just grow like lawn, you know. But yeah. then it became this huge industry. Like, ooh, your your lawn is not as pretty as than other neighbors lawn yeah and it's also been like a like aesthetic things usually are pressed by industry you know obviously marketing like what image you're searching for and i just kind of feel like that's part of it that's where my fantasy is kind of off on but it's also a lot of truth involved in that you know yeah and you know i think you're right like kind of going back i think the thing that kind of triggered and started all that is is you know that 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 model that picture perfect family that you always saw on tv growing up or you know back even when tv became a thing you know yeah in the nineteen hundred, you know whatever 30s 40s whenever 50s whenever the tvs came to be but um you start getting these shows, you know, whether they be Leave It to Beaver or whatever it is, and they paint you this perfect American picture where you get this white picket fence, beautiful green lawn, you know, beautiful house, two story, whatever it is, and that's the idea that everyone should be. That's that's like the American dream, and you go back, like you said, you know, if hundred, you know, eighteen fifties, eighteen hundreds, whatever, you know, like you said, people would just have a nobody was out there trying to please the neighbor with how nice their lawn looked. It was a matter of hey, I'm going to grow my plants, I'm going to grow my food to feed myself. On my front yard or backyard where we had land land was was so valuable back then because it wasn't meant for oh i'm gonna plant some grass and make it look pretty right it was this is what i'm gonna use to feed my family and potentially also a business where you know you know obviously we have you know the american dollar but it was also used as currency back then you know it was yeah. to, they would barter hey you know what i got so many carrots or i got this you know lemons peaches you know and you would swap for something else and and that's for what a bottle was. of whiskey yeah. yeah for some carrots <laughs> yeah hell yeah mm-hmm. and the thing is that I think when, when you started seeing TVs and articles and magazines, and it's and it's true what you say about marketing, because the thing about marketing is, you know, I, I, as you know, that's what my major is at. Right. From Fresno State, one of the things you learn is you want people to see something and, and want that. And that's why I think what happened when you started seeing those TV shows, magazines, articles, whatever it was, you know, you would get this idea of what your house should be. And it was your front yard shouldn't be used for, for farming, you know, and, and that's what they use it for so long. But it was more so it should be where your kids are going to play and where you park the car and all these things. And and I think that's where we saw that change. You know, it was about, seven, I would say, 70 years ago or so where it's, yeah. it, it kind of went away from, you know, when groceries, you know, they started to, you know, there was large scale farms that would, you know, go. we have grocery stores or general stores and that's where they would get their stuff. And I think that's where we saw a change, you know, where it started slowly shifting into, well, we shouldn't use our front yard for this. And then our backyard also turned to this or let's go put in a pool, you know. And so, so land became more of just things you wanted to do on it, you know, more for, for you know, recreation. Yeah, recreation as opposed to, uh, to survive, you know, and because of because of how things changed again with having these farms that were, you know, you could just go down to the store and buy stuff, and I think and that's where we made a change. But it's funny you even mention that because, and and it sticks out like a sore thumb, sadly, in these days where one of our neighbors uh, around the uh, around the corner from our house. Uh, they have a whole garden in the front yard, you know, and it's uh, lettuce, and you could just see all these things, and 
and they have a bunch of vegetables and probably some fruit in there too. And and it's it, it's weird. It's a weird sight. And the crazy part is, you know, you go back, you reverse the clock 200 years, and that's what a house would look like. Yeah. And, and now it's like, wait a minute, what are they doing out there? That That is the weirdest thing ever, you know? And uh, only because, again, we got so used to, and, and our normal became, it should be a front yard, a lawn, and all these things. And so that's uh, so that's where I feel like we've made a change, where it's like our land, like I said, is used more for recreation. Now it's kind of it's kind of weird seeing what was normal back then is it's not normal now and it's just it's unique where how how the uh the mind changes over time because of what we're kind of programmed to to think is normal god damn it you're so right bro because that just makes me feel like what we're seeing now i don't mean to get political we don't need to go there but the reality of what we're seeing in our presidency and stuff that seeps into the homes of every quote-unquote American that yeah. watches the TV and other countries, and mm-hmm. they're like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm supposed to be? And for the people that know that speaking like that is fucking outrageous and like not having a sense of responsibility and accountability, yeah. that that's normal, it may, it, I feel like I've seen it in people act as if they don't need to be accountable or responsible for the actions that they're causing. Yeah, you know? no, no, yeah. I, and I think you know that's, that's one of the unfortunate parts of, of the world we live in now is that nobody wants to be accountable for things. You know, uh, it's it's like you say something, you post something, and and you don't do any you don't want to do any research behind it. You just throw it out there to the world, and, and then you come to find out, you know, whatever you posted is not true, or it you know there's something kind of skewed on there. And I've done it. Yeah, and I've I, been I, the motherfucker yeah. for sure. No, we've all we've all done it. But the thing is, the difference is somebody who'll take account and be like, hey, you know what, that was my bad. I didn't realize what I was posting. You know, I didn't realize there was some falsifications, or you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I might might have skipped something that was, you know, key in there by accident. But, you know, again, like you mentioned, the accountability thing is owning up to it and saying, hey, you know what, I made a mistake. You know, or, hey, I, I you know, I, I didn't fully look into it and I probably shouldn't have posted that. And other people will, will stick to their guns and be like, no, you know, you it, this is what's going on and this is what's going on. And they could be totally wrong, you know, and, and they would, like I said, they'll stick to their guns and they won't hold themselves to account. And uh, it's triggering. It's like a snowball effect. You know what I mean? It's crazy. The snowball effect that that causes, you know? Like, there's psychological, like, terminology that I think would describe a lot of things happening in our society now. Like, they'd be like, we're, we're suffering from this syndrome and that syndrome, depending mm-hmm. on how, what news source you take up with, yeah. basically. Yeah, and I, I think you're absolutely right. And and it's, you know, it's it's crazy to see, you know, again, not to get too political, but uh, yeah, right. the, 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 just the major divide that's occurred. There was always... You know, somebody that's left of center, right of center, and those still exist for sure. But it seems like now it's turned in more. It's more dramatic now. You can't be left of center and even have some right, some right side ideologies. You're a traitor you, if yeah, you are. Or exactly, some shit. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you have to stay on your side if you pick a side kind of thing. I don't. I don't fully. You know, again, not to dive into any things like that. You know, uh, I think I always feel like that's a very sensitive subject for many people, but. It's one of those things that, yeah, it feels like if you pick a side, they don't want you to... If you you cannot believe anything that the other side uh, believes in... Tribalism, it's dangerous as fuck in this world. Yeah, and and it's scary, yeah, because I've always felt like, you know, you know, there's... you. You know, there there might be two friends that don't see eye to eye with something. You know what I mean? And to, taking politics out of it, you know, but you know, your friend believes in one thing, and, and your other friend believes in another, and so you pick a side. You know, you, you pick, uh, you know, John for an example. John has an idea, and you like it. And you agree with them, so you pick with them that. And Steve gets left out. You say, you know what, Steve, I don't, I don't agree with you. And then there's another thing that comes up, and then uh, you, you agree with Steve, and you don't, you disagree with John. And 
and you know that that was that was okay and that should be okay and now it feels like no because you picked John first you have to agree with John even if he's in the wrong or John goes what the fuck bro you had my back that one time you should have my back every time and it's like you as the in between Steve and John have the right to say no yeah exactly I don't have to choose either you motherfuckers yeah, I, I, I don't want to yeah absolutely and I've always felt this you in in in, in, in politics and anything and, and anything in this world is it doesn't matter who's in the situation is you got to follow what's right what you believe is right in your heart you know what i mean yeah in the sense is like again you could agree with john one day and you could disagree with him the next and you know like i said you know it might be the same with steve and and it's and it's one of those things that it's like we should be allowed to do that but now it feels like it's it's like a huge no-no like no if you like i said if you pick john you have to pick john the next time around or john will get upset like what the hell you picked me the first time around why not now and you know, you're supposed to be on my side, and, and it's like, it just shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. You know what it reminds I mean? me of, like, first pick in dodgeball in, like, fifth grade. You'd be like, they'd always pick the first two motherfuckers <laughs> yeah. that were bad and scary at mm. fucking sports. And then, you know, like, no offense, like, the weenie doesn't want to be aggressive kid will always get picked last, yeah. you know? And then you and then you know that those fucking John and Steve or, or whatever the fuck names, uh-huh. the ones that are the team captains, always act like they're running the ship and that you're <laughs> on my side only, even though it's like, we're playing a game, bro. Like, mm-hmm. after this is over, we all go back to class. But it's like, no, right now it's war. Yeah. You're on my side only. And and I get it because allocation of that mentality does make a difference. That's why it's used in war. That's why I think school is so disharmonious going into this pandemic like this because yeah. we're no longer in that structured, all our energy focused collectively towards the front of the class, learning something together. We're all just separately learning it whenever the fuck we learn it, you know? Yeah. No, yeah, and it's funny, you bring up the school thing, it's one of those things, yeah, I think it's kind of something that we get, it gets ingrained in us in school and stuff, you know, because, you know, I, there's, there's cliques, there's always been cliques in school that, that's, that's, even since the years, you know. Oh, since, cliques, like groups, yeah, like little group, circles, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. And yeah, the actual, there's actual, you know, yeah, like, oh, you got, you know, the, the so, so-called, you know, the jocks, you know, you get the rockers, you get, you get all these, these, these mixes. The and, stoners, yeah. Yeah, you get the, yeah, the, the stoners, you know, you have the, the guys that, you know, the, the, you know, they call them nerds. I think that's, you know, the, the smart kids. You know, you have those guys too. and they The kinda, preppy kids. Yeah, there you go. You have the preppy <laughs> kids that are, you know, oh, always going buttoned up and, and, you know, while dressed to school. You got the jocks that are always in their, their athletic gear. You know, you got you to gotta mix up everything. And I think that's where we're kind of getting green with some of this stuff is like, if you're a jock, you know, you're not allowed to hang out with the smart kids. You know, you can't be with the preppy kids sometimes. That's what it seemed like. And because uh, you would get looked funny, it's like, why, why are you hanging out with them? You know, and it's one of those things that feels like it's ingrained with us now because now it's like, you pick say, like, man, you can't hang out with those guys. You're a this, you know, you're a that, you know, you should be here with us because, you know, you're a jock, you know. And again, that's why I feel it's those, those are things that get ingrained in us at an early age. I, you know, uh, my, I, I, got, I had the luck growing up that my parents were always, you know, I would say they're friends with everybody. You know, they try not to see the bad in anyone. And, you know, sometimes, they, you know, somebody would get burned at the end of the day. But you always gave them the benefit of the doubt. And the thing about it is that, you know, so when I was growing up and going to school, you know, I tried to be friends with everybody that got in my path. You know, and there was times, you know, I mean, you, you get into these phases in, in high school that, you know, you want the newest shoes and you want the newest shirts and you want you want to be dressed, you know. Most of the time it's to impress, you know. It's, it's you know, and as you get as you grow older, you start thinking, man, you know what, that, that was kind of dumb of me. You know, at the time, you know, you'd, man, I need these $200 pair of shoes. Why? They do the same thing with the $100 pair of shoes. Right. I mean, they're going to get destroyed in six months. and you You're going to try them. desperately to keep them clean every fucking day, too. Yeah. Never can you go to PE and play soccer that day or yeah. kickball because you're going to scuff your white well, shoes or whatever. You know, I know the feeling. Yeah, and it, and it was so bad, man, uh, you know, growing up that there was guys that, you know, they would figure out ways 
to so their shoe would increase in the front you know they put in some kind of cardboard insert or plastic insert and they were you know stuff socks in the front you know whatever it was to keep the shoe from from creasing that way they looked new all the time and there were those guys that would come home they'd wipe their shoes down every single day and um you know i was i was fortunate enough you know blessed enough that you know growing up that you know i, I you know i had a few pairs of shoes multiple pairs of shoes and i was able to rotate and stuff and you know like i said shoes get worn you know but guys want to make them last forever because they want to look good you know and and um it was so it was one of those things where it's like you grab now it's like man i was you know i had a bunch of shoes and yeah i mean i try to keep them clean for the most part whatever but you start realizing you start looking back and you're like man there's guys that had one pair and they have to make less the whole year long and they and they love them and they got they use them in pe they use them when we you know if we had a if we had a a, a play of some sort or whatever they, they that was their shoe all day long all year long and you know, we, oh, I have shoes for this. I have shoes for that. I have shoes for this. And, you know, and and it was it's one of those things where, like I said, it gets ingrained. It's like, oh, dude, you can't hang out with that kid. You know, look at his, you know, look at his shoes. Look at his clothing and stuff like that. And and it, and it's pretty screwed up. Uh, that that's kind of you know, again how we're ingrained, and it kind of just kind of builds up as we get older. Kind of sometimes stays that way. Some of us will break out of that mold. You know, I mean, I I was fortunate enough. Like I said, I kind of, you know, like I said, I I grew up. But you know, what? I think it happens to many of us, not all of us that uh you get lost in the uh the allure of the brands you know what i mean you couldn't wear a plain t-shirt it had it to be nike it had it to be this it had to be that you know i remember the craze of it was like hollister and, and abercrombie and fitch you oh know? god yeah yeah that yeah, was, yeah that was huge in our time and i was like you yeah. have to wear if you were gonna hang out with the popular kids if you were gonna be a popular kid you had to wear that you know and it almost feels like again it comes down to the the world we live in now that it, nobody left high school it all kind of stayed there you know, we're, we're, it's, it's like the world right now, or at least, you know, most of the situation that we seem to be dealing with, it's like, it's like a, it's like a giant version of high school, you know, it's like, oh man, you know, how, you know, you know, whatever topic it is, and again, I'm not gonna get specific with anyone, just because again, you know, it's such a t touchy subject that if anyone hears these things, I don't want them to be like, man, this guy this, this guy that. No, but, for sure, too, yeah. bro, yeah. But it's just one of those things that it's like, you know, uh, you, you, you get kind of, you, you fall into these things, where it's like, man, you if if you're not wearing Hollister, you can't hang out with me. And it's like, oh, if you don't support this movement, you can't hang out with me, you know. And and it's crazy how it create it caused a huge divide, you know. And it's like, you have to do this, you have to post this, you know. You go on social media if you don't share this, you're you're not my friend because you're not supporting this cause. Like I I think like people should be allowed to support quietly, you know what I mean? I, I feel like you don't have to have it, it's good to have a voice, uh, sure, but you know also like if if they can and you know for example if you if you're passionate about a cause you know i'll support that cause you might be the one that wants to be more vocal i might be sitting more silent in the background but i feel like me helping out or me supporting the cause is supporting you who's supporting the cause in a different step you know what i mean you know every there's they're like in a sense there's levels to it you know what i'm saying yeah there's always levels yeah. to this shit for yeah. sure bro you're right <laughs> yeah 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 because then like for example you go you know let's say you go to a rally or a protest or, or a march anything you have the people in certain areas, in the front, wherever it's at, and they're the ones that are out vocally yelling. They have the signs. They're, they're kind of leading the march. But you also have people in the back that are just there with their presence showing that, hey, I'm, I'm a part of your team as well. But they're not yelling. They're not holding signs. Not, right. There's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. You know, if you want to be, you know, open, outspoken, or vocal about it, I guess the thing about it is, like, uh, people say, no, man, if you're not talking, you're not helping my cause. But it's like, hey, you know, you see these, like I said, a march or whatever. And it's like, you know, there's people that are just there. You know what I mean? They're there supporting the march. They, they won't say a word. They won't hold one sign, but they're there. So I feel like that that's a support that they're also part of that cause. They're supporting you. It's just a different, you know, it's it's, a, it's like any sport. 
You know what I mean? You got your pitcher, you got your catcher, you got your first baseman. Everyone's jobs are going to be different, you know? Right. They each fill the niche of yeah. the, the ecosystem. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it should be symbiotic, not parasitic. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Because I feel Absolutely. like we have a lot of parasitism. And that's what you basically described to me like in high school, how people would judge you off of your clothes you're wearing, all this mm-hmm. kind of shit. It's like a parasitic relationship in yeah. a weird way. Even though there's still symbiosis there, you need it. you're somehow connected to each other mm-hmm. and, and co- conversing with each other, having dis- disputes with each other, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's a relationship. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think the words you said is perfect. You know, the problem is, yeah, in high school, many things, it could be a very parasitic environment. There's also, you know, symbiosis in there as well, but sometimes it could be more parasitic than than it should be. And it's crazy because you brought, you you were talking about high school because it seems so relatable to how things are. I mean, gosh, we've been in high school for 10 plus Mm -hmm. years now, right? Like, I'm I'm at eight years or some shit. Yeah, I'm at 10. Yeah, and, 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 but that's just it. Like, how could we still even think like that? Because, like, I don't think about shit that happened in high school very often at all, but I still picture, the similarities yeah. from being a quote unquote child turning into a quote unquote adult. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. what does that mean? It's just big kids running around yeah. with their dick fucking out all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I see is still to this day. I, and I think it's crazy though that we learn so much to the level of we were learning like calculus in high school and shit, you know, taking physics and shit. But then we get out and we're just at the bottom of the totem pole, right, of society, yeah. which is obviously the rite of passage. But the reality is, is like we didn't learn really anything. And what we learned, which is crazy enough too, is each one of those courses took hundreds of years to develop that knowledge. And we try to say we learned it in a semester or yeah. some shit well, or in a year of taking yeah. it, you know. Yeah, if it's a semester, you're talking 18 weeks. Yeah, if not, you get a year in terms of schooling. It's just 36 weeks, obviously. You know, I know the year is a lot longer, but with breaks and stuff. So we're like what I'm saying is we're very fucking intelligent yeah. almost maybe too intelligent I think because so. we're, we're shooting ourselves in, we're shooting each other literally but we're shooting ourselves in the foot yeah. and I think also when you brought up the protests and the riots and stuff like that and how people feel like yeah I'm supporting this cause you know I, what I don't like about this is it always seems like a trend because it seems like a window is closing yeah. and I feel like that's the vibe that happened after George Floyd's death this year yeah, in 2020 yeah. specifically it was like we have a window we gotta get we gotta get rights for all people right now because yeah. this is a prime time this is the world is watching they're paying attention now politicians are listening right yeah. but look at how it went it didn't go that way we didn't gain really much ground at all now it's all just kind of looked at like looters rioters a bunch of anarchy yeah. but even if that was the case which i don't agree with but i'm just going to say even if that was the case it was all anarchy when a pandemic popped off this nation and all its leaders should have been fully aware there was going to be civil unrest yeah absolutely. no matter what no, depending yeah. on what direction it's just a matter of the the match striking in the right place yeah you know no, yeah, yeah you're absolutely right because yeah you you go from from being a, in a sense a free human being that you you know in, in in the united states where we live you know where we have the ability to just get up walk out go to a store go do whatever the heck you want you know what i mean and uh, yeah, then you get told you have to stay at home. You, you're supposed to stay at home, and all these things. And you start, you know, yeah. There's there's gonna be unrest, and then you know you get a situation like what occurred with George Floyd, and, and you get, you know, it, it it's it was yeah, like I said, it's just it was just like a match striking. You know, it was just a matter of time till something was gonna occur that was gonna set something off. You know, and uh, man, there's something that I, that popped in my head just a second ago, um, and I can't remember. Oh yeah, well, actually, I do remember because uh, you mentioned how something that that you know it kind of just. The George Floyd thing, unfortunately, kind of came and went. It's kind of still lingering around a little bit, but 
Let's Costco. clarify though before yeah. you keep going because I get what you mean. But in case someone's listening, go fuck that. Yeah. You know, you know what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about. That's yeah. not all what we're necessarily. We're not saying it just like came and went. The reality is, is that was one black man that died at the police hands of yes. another officer in a fucking weird ass manner that happens all the time. Yeah, and it's a fucking disgusting part of our nation. Yeah, pretty much because it's kind of like we said, like we've been indoctrinated to believe that's normal. And it's yeah, not. And I think this woke people up in 2020 after crazy shit's already happening. It was like, no, yeah. we can't let keep watching this while we're quarantined at home and shit. Yeah. But ultimately, you're saying like the 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 protesting yes. and the whole energy behind this Black Lives Matter movement and saying like, you know, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, a lot of names. Yes. The reality is those are just a few amidst the thousands yeah, of, yeah. You know, and, and, of, of American yeah. and, and black people in general yeah. that have been killed at the hands of like police officers like this, right? Yes. No, yeah, of course. This is something, yeah, yeah and I, they, I should clarify on that. Where, yeah, it's one of those things that I guess the, what I was, yeah, talking about was the, the amount of protests. You know what I mean? Again, this is something right. that's been going on long before. Shoot, you go back 30, 40 years, was there the Rodney King incident, you know. Rodney, Gosh, that was in the 90s. Yeah, the, we were, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, yeah well, about 30 years ago now, I think in the 2020, it feels like it was, you know, just last week. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, the Rodney King incident, which obviously didn't lead to him losing his life. You know, what, what happened to Rodney King was very unfortunate. What happened to George Floyd is also, you know, it's despicable to, to, to know that that happened to a human being. You know what I mean? Right. You know, taking color and everything out of it, it's just... It's just heartbreaking, you know what I mean? Especially with the footage of it, it just makes it, you know, you're able to, it's just, it's just horrible, you know what I mean? It's horrible, and, and like I said, it's something that has gone on. It's not just one name, it's multiple names. George Floyd is one, I guess, that I get the reason I, you know, I was, I was specific to that one. It's just because George Floyd is one that it created, it, it kind of revamped, the, it brought, again, the light, to light the situation of something that's in the dark, that's constantly, you know, no, it's kind of being... Hidden away, it's being suppressed. Yeah, it's absolutely. it's occurring every, probably every day. You know what I mean? And and uh, I guess the whole point of it was, I remember there was a comedian, and he was referring to the uh, Me Too movement. Uh, and I can't remember if it was Dave Chappelle or whoever it was, and uh, their reference was that, you know, what the unfortunate part. You, you see these spikes of you know the protests and everyone kind of joining together, which is something nice to see because there has to be change. Um, the thing is that it kind of tapered off a little bit. You know, you don't hear about it as much. Obviously, with what's going on in the pandemic, that's obviously what's what's uh, on the news right now or anywhere you turn. But uh, I guess the thing was that the comedian, uh, you know, again, whoever it was, it was just that it's, it's a long-fought battle. You have to remain consistent with it. And instead of just an explosion, you know, of, 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 of what goes on, in a sense, you see these explosions of protests and all these things, it's more of a long, slow process to make the change happen. And I can't remember how he worded that. I'll eventually look it up again. But it was one of those things that kind of brought to light. Like, you think about the Me Too movement. You know, it's it, you know, it started with, I believe, uh, Harvey Weinstein, right? And it kind of just, it caught fire from there. But it just, it now has become also a back thought in everyone's mind. You know, and, and this hasn't gone away, I'm sure. You know what I mean? It's probably less now or they try to hide it more. But uh, it's, again, I guess the reason I, I compare it, and it's obviously, you know, poly apples and oranges, not the same thing, but because, again, it's it's one of those things where these these situations, they, get a, they, gain, they gain a lot of attention, and then there's there's some slight changes, and there's some good changes that came of it. Obviously, there's more changes need to be, uh, more changes need to occur, I'm sure, um, but um, it's one of those things where it just kind of, you know, I don't know if they try to sweep it under the rug or what the deal is, and, and um, you... Uh, 
you only hope that, you know, at the end of the day, whatever, whatever comes to this just winds up being positive. You know, I guess this is the spin on it. You know, it's unfortunate everything that's gone on. And you just hope that some way, somehow there is going to be change. Right. Like it, it's good. not for nothing. It's exactly. not to go backwards. I and mean, that's what I was always concerned about because I'm like, God damn it. The police state though, like is going to get ramped up by the feds because, mm-hmm. and look at what we've seen. Mm-hmm. Because when you'd have these spikes in anarchy, quote unquote, yeah. right? That's what it's looked at. Then that's what they justify by suppressing it. It's yeah. an age old tactic. Mm-hmm. I'm learning in my history course that I'm taking right fucking now <laughs> about 1877 and the railroad strike and all shit. It's very similar tactics. Back then though, they were fucking dismantling part of the railroad to say, hey, fuck you guys. You're going to paying us an actual wage here. And if you don't hear us, we're going to dismantle part of the fucking railroad and we're going to light a car on fire and send it down the track to the next town. And you're really going to see that we're not fucking around. And this is the railroad that connected the whole nation at that time. Yeah. So everyone was affected by it. And it was to show attention to, hey, we're all in this. That person over there is fucked. And look, at he made it clear that like we can't function without them too. Yeah. Even though – it was looked at by the federal government instead of the people like this is a threat to our business yeah and the capitalistic aspect of all the corporations kind of s- sleeping with the government yeah metaphorically yeah and literally probably <laughs> and just keeping each other in each other's back pocket that that's the only voices being heard and i still see that playing out in the echoes of america still yeah. today and i think that we come awake to that at times and it wants to be it's not it wants to be, and I hate saying they, yeah. but generally speaking, the corporate world and the federal government of the United States would not like people to actually change those things because there's less profits to be had if we change those things. Yeah, There's less, there's less resources and mm. materials and less basically profitability. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. And at, at the end of the day, you know, they, they, there's that phrase that says that money makes the world go around. And it's, you know, that's how corporations see things. They don't see it as... Uh, you know, whatever the situation may be, it's at the end of the day, like I said, it's, it's, it's just profits. Profits, that, that that number is the only thing they're most of the time concerned about. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's fucking tragedy. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a good one. Sorry. No, you're good. Dude, trust me. Me and my girlfriend have burping competitions all the time. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, Lino, though, man, you're a musician. Yes. Well, uh, yeah. At the at the moment, with everything being slowed down because of COVID, yes, uh, I still am a musician. Uh, I was more long term. I, I, I was in a band for about five five and a half years, uh, and then I walked away from that uh, to finish up school. And then from there, I uh, you know I started something up a project up with my brother, and we're working on that. So I'm back in the music business, but obviously with COVID, you know, it's just kind of like a left uppercut or an uppercut right to you. You know, it just kind of knocked everybody down. Hell yeah. yeah. I agree, man. So, like, how's that affected you guys? So, I mean... Like, the, I mean, you, you weren't in... So, you weren't, like, in a band where you were going to play gigs much in the last, like, year? Yeah, so I took a year off uh, that because I was I was already going to start my senior year at Fresno State. And um, and so I it was doing 21 units a semester. I think one was even as high as 24. Holy fuck. Yeah. And, and so, because I wanted to get done, man. I mean, I was having to pay out of pocket, and, and it was getting... Uh, it was the, the the bills were racking up kind of thing so I you know I made the decision uh, you know it hurt you know to walk away from music for a while because I'd done it for so long but I made the decision to walk away uh, from music to finish my education so I took like I said I took the year off I came back to it we started off 2020 with a gig and we had some other conversations lined up but yeah unfortunately we got hit with the COVID monster you know and he kind of just shut everything down and and with with no you know obviously you can't have large gatherings um, and most of the stuff we did was, you know, private events. You know, occasionally there was public stuff. 
which is again how we started our 2020 was a public New Year's event. Uh, we we you know with no venues again being av- available, no one's gonna have weddings uh, indoors. No one's gonna have you know whatever the situation may be. Just you know they you know when it comes to the music business, sometimes they'll hire you for anything, whether it's a birthday party, a wedding, you know, in the Mexican world, the quinceanera, stuff like that. Right. And um, th- there are some musicians that are still making it work. Those guys that just it's two guys, you know, they have you know whether it's guitars or whatever the deal is, you know, they're still able to function in small backyard events. But in terms of large scale stuff, you know, some people will occasionally do them, and uh, I mean, for the most part, I mean, they're few and far between. And there's there's guys that are willing to do it, and other guys that are just you know they pump the brakes and they said, "Well, we'll stop completely until until everything clears up." And uh, you, I mean, and for myself, uh, you know, I mean, we're we're just local guys, you know, play music here locally. But when you start going large scale, you start seeing artists, professional artists that are that are you know parked as well because again they can't hold the concert venue and they're most guys they're most groups are postponing their stuff till 2021 some have just fully canceled tours and uh there's been a few uh a few guys that have or a few groups that have able to kind of work around covid uh i don't know if you've seen there's been a few driving concerts and drive yeah stuff like that so uh there's a band that i love to listen to it's a spanish band they're called intocable and um they're pretty much the top of the game you know, they came up with this idea, I want to say it was June, uh, around June time, where they, they went to uh, some uh, a city south of San, San Antonio, and it's just giant open land, put a monstrous stage, huge screens, and they did a drive, uh, a drive-in, uh, you know, concert, you know, you just kind of, you could sit in the tailgate of your truck, every car was spaced, you know, with the appropriate social distancing type thing, they did have restroom stuff all available to the public, and uh, it was pretty cool because you're able to see a live show and it brings a sense to normality. But then again, it's, it's also a twist because you get the concert feel and then you get the feel of the 1950s where you would go watch a movie in your car with a little speaker and stuff like that. But yet, like, it's in 2020, so it's, like, this, like, apocalyptic nature to it. Like, whoa, like, (laughs) this is weird. Everyone's parked in their car, and it's spaced the fuck out in the middle of, like, a desert area, kind of right, is what you're saying? Yeah. Watching a concert. Yeah. No, yeah, and and so so they were the ones going to kind of start it, and then a few guys, I think, you know, I seen Brad Paisley and a few other guys kind of follow suit, and, uh, you know, that group, they've been doing it consistently, and I think it's just so cool, you know what I mean? Yeah, because it's like, it is an apocalyptic feel where it's like, oh, shoot, what the hell, we're, uh, you know, we're in a, it's just a whole different feel. You've never done, you know, this has never been done. You know what I mean? Actually, over the weekend, they broke a record. I think they had 10,000, in Tocabra, they had 10,000 people at their show in 2,000 cars. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they set the world record. That's crazy. Uh, And, um, you know, so it was pretty cool, you know, because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it's, it's, almost like finding a loophole to kind of get some, I wouldn't say even normality because obviously it's not normal what, what they're dealing with but it's it's almost it brings you know mu- music is I've always said music where, where words fail music speaks so it allows people to you know you don't have to talk about anything you just sit there for two hours and you just enjoy this music and it kind of helps you unplug from what the hell's going on and just you just enjoy that two hour time no matter even the situation being as different, different as it is I thought it was pretty cool I thought it was pretty unique and uh, you know it's uh, so, so so some guys are finding their way around the music again locally. I mean again, there's a few guys that'll do you know their backyard events. Some guys are able to do you know in in private buildings, people that own you know large warehouses. They'll do uh, events there, you know, and they'll invite their family. And they'll bring in the group and the whole thing. And there's guys that are still doing that. 
some of the guys that I've talked to, uh, some of my friends here locally, they're just like, nah, you know, we're not going to risk it. Uh, you know, we have, you know, family, we have children. It's almost like part of adapting to the circumstances that we're yeah. trying to get through here as, as musicians anyways. I could see that adaptation sometimes is less of them now able mm-hmm. to do this adaptation um, for multiple reasons. If everyone was doing it, it wouldn't be possible. You'd have to have a shit ton of space and like, I don't know, not everyone that's local, people are going to come to a concert yeah. right now, even if it what had space and shit. It's kind of crazy, right? Like, because the old, before this happened, you could show up at a restaurant that night and be like, hell yeah, I love this live music. Yeah. I, it, this conversation is great because it's like, it really brings into perspective the live music industry and how much that is a part of I don't even want to say as lame as it sounds, American culture, uh-huh. but part of our society, part of the way that we live in the world. Music's been around for obviously, arguably since the beginning of time. Sound, music, people have made instruments, yeah. uh, carried beats and all that stuff. It's it's in our DNA to fucking listen to live, real played music, yeah. you know, and we're kind of cut off from that in a way. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, it's, uh, we, we absolutely got cut off and unfortunately like this year I was, uh, uh, I, I fell in love with the movie The Dirt, which is on Netflix. It's like a biopic of Motley Crue. Okay. Yeah, and, and so we actually had tickets to go see them in July. Oh, uh, shit. At, yeah, in at AT&T. At AT&T Park, I believe it's still called that, up in San Francisco. And, uh, you know, we got hit with the pandemic and all those things stopped. So I didn't get to see them. But, yeah, it's one of the things. It's, it, you know, music has always been a part of time. You know, it's it's been around, shoot, polyphrase for the entire, the entire world, in a sense. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, you know, all this stuff, you know, it, it, it unfortunately went away for a little while. And, and it, what the one thing you talk about is that people are, you know, people are scared, you know, let's say, let's say band say, fuck it. Let's, let's keep on doing it. You know, whoever shows up, shows up. It's not going to, you know, they're, they're talking about not being, they're not being concerts for the next two years because it wouldn't be profitable. Right. You know, these bands got to charge. You start thinking the amount of equipment that goes into these monstrous groups you talk about Metallica you talk about Molly Crew, especially groups like Metallica with their huge screens I mean they're it takes days to set up their stages right and I mean if no one's going to show up it, is, it doesn't benefit the promoter it doesn't benefit the band it doesn't be- benefit anybody the one who probably loses the most is the the audience because whoever was willing to go is not going to get the show but you know it's it's a part of life and you, know, you hope they come back regularly I actually was seeing early this week I believe it's somewhere in Europe I don't know uh, where they're they're holding concerts, there, there's live concerts back there, and it's similar to what they're doing here in America with a car thing. But what they're doing is they're it's not a grandstand, but imagine it like a giant baby cage. You know what I mean? Okay. And it's elevated, so they have all the and I think you can have six people in them. You know, you have to be you know same household or whatever the situation is. So you have to buy all the tickets in one shop. You know, you can't say I'm gonna buy three now and three later. They won't allow that. I don't believe. But um, so what they're doing is yeah, they have maybe what it's a hundred. You know, a ten by ten grid, and they got the stage in the front. And what you do is, yeah, you you walk in, you number seventy two is yours. So you go to seventy two, and and it's elevated maybe five feet off the ground, ten feet off the ground. You take a couple of steps up, and you're you got your chairs, and you're kind of fenced off. You know, you're kind of in Whoa. your own. Yeah. So it, it'd be something cool to look up. You'll trip out when you see the photo because it's all these giant square metal squares all spread out throughout. You know, throughout a giant venue. Or an open land, right? It's open land. Just how they, when they do things like uh, Coachella, you know, it's just, it's a big open piece of land. So they're doing that now. And, you know, but, you know, who knows? Again, people are scared to go out. So, you know, who knows if they're still going to consider going out there or not. But I thought it was cool. I was like, hey, maybe this is another loophole around. And you don't have to be stuck in your car. You're going to actually be outside, you know? Dude, let's face it. If 
Coachella still decided to go through with it this year, people would have fucking been there. Yeah. There would have been a huge crowd there still, even yeah. though it's like, come on, man. Yeah. But there would have been, for <laughs> no, no, sure. No. So it's almost like they had the responsibility of saying, look, we can't, we don't know what's going on. We don't want to transmit more than we can. Yeah. And I think that's also a big part of this, right, is like why a lot of because because say Metallica or Motley Crue, you know, trying to have a concert, they are now kind of responsible for all their fans perhaps transmitting and getting the pand- getting mm-hmm. sick with COVID, you know. Yeah, and, and I think what happens, yeah, you get like Coachella, that was early in the year, right? Coachella happens what uh, sometime in the spring, you know. There, this was this was brand new at the time, you know. At least here in America, it was. And, and yeah, so the people would have gone, like you said, people would have gone for sure. But, you know, yeah, there's a lot of liability. There's a lot of concern because it's just nobody's going to, you know, nobody's going to stand six feet away from each other or wear masks or whatever. People are going to get drunk. They're going to get crazy. And they're just going to do what they normally do. You kind of you kind of fall back into the natural groove once right. you get out there. Especially you get a couple beers in. You yeah. guys are smoking weed together, whatever. <laughs> you all, People are tripping on fucking acid and shit yeah. out there. They're all of a sudden like, hey, man, let's just lay and look at the stars. And it's like, bro, it's noon. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. You're like, the only star out there is the sun right now, man. <laughs> you know, but... Uh, Speaking so- of the sun, the sun looks like a trip in the Central Valley right oh, now because right. of all the fires, bro. It, it is insane, man. It, it's, you walk out and it's like red and orange red. And it's weird. I was, uh, I was actually... Um, walking out this morning for work and uh, I had heard it on the radio show I listen to sometimes and they started referring to the the, the sky looking or the outside looking like Silent Hill the video game in the movie oh shit yeah and when I walked out this morning it did have that crazy feel like that weird post-apocalyptic world kind of gray and gloomy you can't see anything and then the sun comes up an hour later and it just looks like you said weird Weird looking the sky, the color of the sun, just all looks crazy, and it's kind of still like that right now, a little bit, not as bad. Like it's like orange. Yeah, it's like an orange. Ultimately, you know? and so, yeah. yeah, it's different hue. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's just so weird. It's like it almost feels like man, twenty twenty does it again. You know what I mean? The what we're doing with now. I mean, and this is typically it's common. Yeah, every uh, year. Yeah, every at year this time, do. I mean, we have yeah. crazy wildfires in California every yeah. year, and it's kind of I've been thinking about it the last month or two. I'm thinking, man, those are that's common. Yeah, like, no, that's yeah. already happening. Like I've seen a lot of fires put out just in our area, up mm. in the hills right here, up one eighty and stuff yeah but i mean i know that those big big fires that ravage part of the fucking state every year yeah it, i knew it was coming bro and sure enough it's when it's real fucking hot when yeah no, yeah, yeah when there's a bunch of lightning storms yeah. they said that caused these you know too which is just yeah nature yeah. fighting back or yeah. something you know yeah exactly and it's weird because uh and i had told uh i had told my dad uh where we had a, we went out of town last week and and as we we're driving out there was this huge thunderstorm uh, as we're running through the mountains, uh, headed towards the coast, and, and we're like, I'm like, man, I go, you know, some of those strikes look like they were, you know, they were hitting the ground, and I'm like, man, I go, there's a lot of dry brush around here. I go, if that thing manages to hit the ground, I go, we're all screwed. I go, there's gonna be a fire anyway. That, you know, you get a lightning storm, you get wind combined with, and that's that's just it's a bad combination. And, and it's unfortunate. It's one of those things. That, what was it? Like, I think we set a record, right? The amount of lightning strikes that hit. And like the last week was like ten thousand plus. Twenty twenty is full of breaking yeah, records, bro. Man. Shit. I mean, the hottest time we're, we're breaking heat records, you know. Uh, and on top of that, we're thunderstorms, which I guess, I guess it's it's common when the heat gets this bad. But I mean, yeah, it's just a bad combination. There's fires all over the place. And again, like you said, it's something that we typically have. You know, it happens around this time of year. Sometimes earlier, sometimes later, give or take the give or take the year we're in. But yeah, it just seems magnified right now with what's going on in twenty twenty. Like. Yeah, the fires are not 
uncommon in California. But man, it just feels like they hit 10 times worse this time around. It's no joke though. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and it happened so fast in the last day or two even. Mm-hmm. Shit, people were evacuated like in the middle of the night, bro. Like, yeah, and and yeah. I've seen footage of people driving through the flames. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. It's a scary like, thing. Imagine if you saw your neighborhood and it looked like that all of a sudden and you're like literally living in the apocalypse yeah. from your point of view in that right. position of the world. It, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does look like, it, it looks apocalyptic. It looks like, yeah, the end of the world. And it just looks so insane, man. Some of the videos. And I think the videos that I've seen, I haven't seen anything from this year. But it was the fire up north. Uh, paradise? Yeah, it was the Paradise Fires. Man, the video and the footage you would see, it was just, it was scary to see, you know, because it seemed something like out of a freaking horror movie. Yeah. You know, and it's like, what the hell? And yeah, you know, I had heard like, uh, I think it was like Vacaville and places up north like that, you know, dealing with uh, evacuations at 3 a.m. People were like, hey, get up, get the hell out of here kind of thing, because if not, you're you're at risk, you know, and it's it sucks, you know what I mean? But again, it's a part of what we deal with in California, but I don't know, man. It feels just 10 times worse this time around. Right. Respect to the firefighters out there, mm-hmm. man. Shit. Those guys just do it to keep people safe and keep things on lock. They're not trying to beat nobody up. They ain't trying to take too much <laughs> advantage of no system. They're just yeah. trying to do their, the, the, do, honestly, protect people and property. You know, that's yeah. cool. Absolutely. And that's the one thing, yeah, now that you're being a firefighter, man, they're, they're probably, you know, there's many heroes out there, and they're one of the ones that probably you, you don't hear of most, and they're out there every day fighting the fires. You know, unfortunately, we, uh, there was a pilot that lost his life yesterday. He lost control of the chopper, the ones that dropped the, the water in certain fires. And it's like, man, they, we walk outside, and it's 110 degrees, and, you're, man, it's hot. I can't imagine being 110 degrees, and then you got this giant burning fire, and you're walking right towards it. And all you the smoke I mean? you're breathing yeah, and shit, yeah, exactly. like, and just the heat, yeah. you're like you're saying, oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it's, 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 to to be a firefighter, it's a certain breed, man, because not, I don't think anyone can do it, anyone will handle it, and those that try, I'm sure many quit, you know what I mean? And like I said, it's, you, you gotta be a special type of person to be a firefighter because it's like it's, it's absolutely physically demanding as yeah. fuck but it's also like it seems like very psychologically demanding you have to be able to stay calm yeah and like because i mean shit dude imagine if you got circled in you know yeah. and like yeah. the, the chopper's coming but it's a tight landing spot they might not even be able to get you like that's some shit your ass out your fucking face type of shit yeah. going on right there but respect to those dudes man oh, they yeah. go up there they fucking hike they trench out little little uh fire breaks and shit dude yeah. oh man yeah and on top of that imagine the heat the, the the heat of the fire the heat that we're dealing with typically you know and, and to give people their- an aspect of how hot we're talking in Central Valley I mean it's every summer in the Central Valley it gets like 110 yeah. for you know mo- many days out of the summer yeah. but this year it's like dude it's been like 115 and in, in, in what's it called uh, Death Valley it hit yeah. like 130 well, or something yeah, yeah 130 yeah so it's insanely hot you know I mean California is known for being hot but it's just yeah it, it is so hot I mean because again you go to maybe up north, northern states where they see it as, uh, you know, the 85 degrees might be their hot, 90 degrees would be hot. They're because, sweating their yeah, ass off, they're, they're wearing yeah. shorts, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, and and then they, you know, you us here, we're used to, yeah, typically of some part of the summer, you get a week, two weeks, shoot, I've even, I think it's been even as much as like almost a month where it's like 100 plus, you know, you see 110, 111, uh, I think, what, what do we have, 109, somewhere recently, and, uh, Man, and it's like, and you think about these firefighters, like, you know, again, it's, it's just hot. You know, it's hot for us to be outside in shorts and a t-shirt. And then you, these guys are wearing fire jackets, you know what I mean? Keeping themselves, I mean, imagine walking outside right now in a parka, you know right. what I mean? And, and that's in a sense what they're doing. And, and it's hiking with yeah. a bunch of gear on you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
you know and and it's just you know again my, my hat's off to him because it's 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 no joke it's absolutely no joke and and much respect to them and and, and if any firefighters out there listen to this you know thank you for what you guys do you know hell yeah Hell yeah. Shout out to you for being badass as fuck, you firefighting badass fucks. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I hope the best with that fire situation. I hope the best for all of Northern California that's dealing with that. But I also feel like it's we're not it's not over. It's kind of crazy. Like, we have to look at our lives, I guess, sometimes. Like, it's it, it's it's all adding up in an equation, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's never like we don't have a, a a final answer. Yeah. You know, we never do until I guess we check out, we die. Yeah. That's the final answer yeah. in a way, but is it cuz the rest of the world continues to move and function and do something? Yeah. You know? No, no, yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, and it's one of those things too. Yeah, it's like, you know, we forget what what's everything that's going on in this world right now. We, we it's kind of like we forget the normal things that typically happen, you know, in throughout the year, throughout the life. Uh, that, that we live, you know, where it's like, yeah, it's like we, we get lost in this whole, you know, COVID thing because it's it's obviously a big part of what's going on, not just in the U.S., but the entire world. But then we're like here in the Central Valley and, then, and not necessarily in the Central Valley because we don't get a whole lot of big fires. But in the, in the entire state of California, you know, this is fire season. You know what I mean? And and you, we kind of I, I know I forgot about it until I started hearing about it on the news again and seeing these photos of these blazes. And it's like, holy crap. Yeah, it's, you know. We forget as time goes on, especially this year, because to me, I was made a joke with a friend earlier that it's not even Thursday to me today. It's Blur's Day. You know what I mean? It's like everything Blur's, is blurry. You know what I mean? You Blur's know? Day. I like you that. Know? Yeah, it's, it's just it's just so... It, it, I don't know what day it is today. You know what I mean? Half the time I'm having to look at my phone. What, what's today? Oh, the 20th. Oh, it's the 16th. You know, I have, I have no sense of what's going on. You know, but time is passing. Things are occurring that typically occur. Again, like these fires. And uh, it's just, you know, just, I don't know, man. It's It's... it's it's crazy. It is, bro. Yeah. yeah. Shoot, if you think about it, we're, what, uh, two months away from Halloween. You know, <laughs> if Halloween is still going to be a thing, but, you know. Fuck, dude. Halloween's going to be a trip this year. I was telling Allison that the other day. I was like, dude, Halloween is going to probably be off the fucking chain. And what I mean by that, I think there's going to be a lot of vandalism. I think there's going to be a lot of crazier shit going on this year. I'm just assuming that, but yeah. I, I don't know why. But everyone's already wearing a mask every day. Yeah. So I feel like Halloween's got to be like times two now. <laughs> like, you know, got to yeah. wear like a mask on top of a mask, you yeah. know. <laughs> it, it's, like, it's like if you put on your, your Michael Myers mask, Please mask him up in the front. Put use your use your PPE, <laughs> your, uh, your, your loop ear uh, mask or whatever it is when they go over here. But uh, yeah, I mean, who knows what what's what's going to be a Halloween? And it's on a Saturday this year. Of all things, it's on a Saturday. You know, it's like this is the perfect time to have a party to go. You know, kids are going to be up late trick or treating. I love uh, the holidays and stuff like that. So I love to you know when I you know hand out candy. You know what I mean? Seeing the joys in these kids. You know, hey, you know here you know, your candy bar. They're all dressed up and stuff. And uh, and we decorate the house, you know, we, you know, something, you know, we don't try to make it scary, but you also might don't want to make it seem like, man, these guys they just turn on their outside lights, so they know there's candy here, you right. know, But we'll put some little scallops and stuff like that. Uh, but who knows? Yeah, you're probably right that there's going to be an uptick in vandalism, and there's going to be more tricks than there are treats. I guess. Like I kind of like whatever about it because I feel like that's gonna. Like I said, when the pandemic popped off. I don't know how our leaders didn't expect total civil unrest. Honestly, this isn't even total civil unrest. We're yeah. being pretty reasonable in I this country right now because yeah. we're we're being fucked over in a lot of ways too. Yeah. You know, especially by the workforce, especially by insurance companies, especially by like the idea that rent and bills are not mortgages are not put on hold. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that's detrimental to a point of like almost I hate saying this word, like non recovery. And how can we just sit around and like 
can let this political system decide for us while we're in absolute catastrophe. Yeah. You know? No, no, yeah. Well, we got to wait it out till we select another president. But it's like, why does the president have that much pull? Why does the political the whole Congress in general, why is it so right wing, but yet it's not? Because mm-hmm. if you listen to them actually speak, most people are starting to come out of the works and going like, yeah, we don't feel this super capitalistic vibe either, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think I think sometimes like in, in, with what's going on right now, you're right, because I mean, rent doesn't stop. Bills don't stop. You know, PG. It, it's, it's just it's just uh, this trickle down effect. Uh, you know, which is an economic term, but the thing is that God. it, it kind of it all trickles. It all trickles down. Where if you can't pay your bill, then PG&E is not making the money. You know what? That also affects workers of PG&E. They're gonna have to lay people off, and so that's if now that's, those are affecting households, and it just kind of goes up from there. You know, it starts falling. It's a good down. example. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we think, oh man, you know what? PG&E can survive without us, and sure, maybe they can survive for a point in time, but at that point, they're gonna have to make adjustments, and people are gonna get fired or laid off because I mean, simply put. Las Vegas. You know, I think that's the best one that I can think of right now off the top of my head. Uh-huh. And you think of Las Vegas where nobody's going to Vegas for the most part. You know what I mean? Shoot. Uh, I was looking at some, some rooms recently, and the, you get hotel rooms like the Bellagio that's $350 a night typically, as cheap as $80, $100. And it's unheard of for places like that. But they're trying to do whatever they can to get some type of income because it's a flat zero. Nobody's going. Nobody's spending money. Everyone right. Something's better than nothing yeah. type of thing. And, and they're having to unfortunately still because you know this is their busy season it could be 122 in las vegas and people are still out there partying hell yeah you know spending money they have these pool parties and all these things and the thing about it is that all that's gone most of that well most of that i should say is gone and they're they're losing bad i mean they're hemorrhaging money and the unfortunate part of that is that a lot of people are losing their jobs from that that jobs are not to come back and and it's like it's just it's 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 horrible man because uh who knows when when things are gonna get better, the casinos start to hurt. They have to get rid of their people, and now they're hurting. You know what I mean? When's their next job coming up? You know, I'm thankful right now with the situation we're in that we have some kind of stability. Because shoot, there's a lot of people right now that don't know where where the next week's check is coming from and stuff like that, and how their bills are gonna get paid. And I also I feel bad for anybody that's in in, in the tough situations right now because there's so many Americans. That are or so many people in this entire world right. because this is you know obviously not just affecting right. us right but I guess the thing about it is that um, shoot you think about the people that in January you know took on a house payment you know right. oh, we're finally good it's just let's go get a house or let's go get a new car or let's go do this and you're you're comfortable and you you don't expect this to get to where it's gone you know shoot I even think in March when they did the first original kind of stay at home thing that'll blow over by the summertime. And then it didn't, you know what I mean? It just kept on going on. And, you know, for whatever, you know, it's, you know, it's... Isn't it human nature to be like, ah, it'll blow over in a month or two. But some things just don't, man. It's biology. It's different. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of hung around a lot longer than anyone expected. And I guess the biggest thing about that is, is that, um, you know, going into, it's like, okay, you know, it'll happen for a couple of months in March and it'll be fine. Hey, they're going to sit, they're going to send us home for a little while. And, you know, some of us got lucky to work from home or whatever the situation is. And, and others got laid off. And you think about them when they're like, man, I just got a new house and a new car. You know, that's, you know, in today's world, $1,500, $2,000 that you have to cover. And, and if uh, if you lose your job, how are you going to make that happen? And and you can't go out and say, oh, I'll find another one. What other one? Everyone's, everyone's slashing uh, jobs left and right because they can't afford it. Right. Know? And also that means the competition factors through the roof. So, yeah. I mean, like for me, I'm an undergrad. I don't have a degree. The person with a degree, if that's a qualification, I'm not even going to be 
considered for a yeah. fucking mask interview or a Zoom interview, yeah. you know, no, no, yeah. compared to the, that group of people looking for a job right now. Yeah, you're absolutely, yeah, it's, it's, it is one of the things that, yeah, if you, depending on what they're asking for, that, yeah, if you do possess some of those qualifications and you, you have a couple more doors open than, than others do, and, 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 you know, that's one of the things that you have to, you, you feel for anybody in this situation, and you feel more so for anybody that's in a situation that's multiplied. Like I said, you know, if you don't have specific qualifications, then to, fi- to find a new job is 10 times harder. And, you know, I think there was a point in time where you say, no, it's okay. I'll go work at a restaurant right now as a waiter, as a busser, or whatever the thing is. And you can't even do that anymore. I mean, there's, nobody's eating inside in California. Right. You know, they're, they're kind of allowing the outside dining in. And, you know, but that still doesn't make up for the amount of table space that you have inside. And do you really, I mean, this sounds, I've worked in food industry too, mm-hmm. but like, would I really want to go get a job cleaning up and babysitting after people for a measly tip that they're probably not even going to leave me during these, these economic times? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you're basically being put in contact all day long mm-hmm. with people that don't have a mask on because they're eating, mm-hmm. drinking, sneezing, picking their nose, whatever, yeah. and you're cleaning up after them constantly, you yeah. know? Like you were saying about Vegas, the reason why no one wants to go to Vegas right now is because no one wants to get COVID from a slot machine or like a tripper, yeah. uh, stripper's butt cheeks or something <laughs> like that, like, yeah. you know? No, yeah. And the thing is that, like, right now they have the, you know, the local casinos are up and running, and you could see on some of them that they've shut off slot machines in the center, and they're and they're pretty diligent on, on trying to keep things clean, but one thing is, obviously, people are still scared. A lot of people don't want to catch this thing, you know, and, and rightfully so. It's understandable. Shit, I'm scared sometimes. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, yeah, same here. And, you know, sometimes. We all I, are. Yeah, I mean, and, and sometimes I think back, like, I got really sick in December. And uh, I started. I did too, bro. Yeah. And yeah, that hit our lab. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, it definitely hit our lab. Yeah. And the thing is that, so I, I wonder, you know, with that, I can't say I had it, yes or no, but I was like, if that was it, it was, it was horrible. It felt like crap. I felt like crap for like two weeks. Yeah. And, um,. You know, this is, you know, before everything kind of, you know, got escalated here in America. But so, w- w- if it was just the, the plain simple flu, and if they're similar, you know, in terms of how you feel, it just, you don't want to feel that. No, nobody wants nobody to be sick. Nobody wants to feel that. Yeah. I agree. No, yeah. yeah, bro. Yeah, the only thing you could you can hope for, you know, is that you catch it and you're asymptomatic. But the thing about that is since you don't know you have it, you know, you, you might put others at risk, and that's the concerning part. Oh, and I think most people hear that, and they're like, oh, if I'm asymptomatic, we're all good then. I don't give a fuck, like, yeah. you know, but it's always been like that before. That's what's crazy is we never had this happen where everyone goes, hey, there's a sickness going around yeah. that we can't – we have to stop everything. Because, yeah. gosh, you know how many people have, like, gotten herpes the night before and they show up to work <laughs> the next day? And that's a bad example, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, other examples that are, like, absolutely contagious, like flu, like influenza no. and stuff, and, like, we would just be expected to come to work. Yeah. You're supposed to be here in two hours. I don't give a fuck what your reason is. You come here and you're all sweaty. Yeah. You look like shit. You run to the bathroom every five minutes, but they still would have you there, even though you're probably going to contaminate all the workers and all the the customers that come there or whatever, yeah. man. And you know, it's it's funny because one of those things that uh, I saw uh, a teacher, uh, my cousin, my cousin who's a teacher, posted this, I believe, yesterday or the day before. Uh, you know, about them having shut down schools. It's like, you know, I understand. We understand the severity of COVID. You know, but you know, we it's crazy how. Back in the day when kids were, you know, running nose and sick and who knows if they're running a fever or not, they would still send them off to school, you know, yeah. and they were, everybody was put at risk. And, you know, typically they would ask you, the school would say, hey, you know what, if you're sick, stay home. But, you know, unfortunately, there's, you know, there's parents that they work all day long and, you know, school in a sense serves as a babysitter for the time being. So they have to send the kids to school, whether they're sick or not, you know, and, and, and so they're, uh. The teachers are have always been put at risk. Right now, it's obviously escalated because it's a you know it's a different factor with COVID. But um, but uh, where are we going then in terms of the oh yeah um, 
you just don't want to put anybody at risk. You know what I mean? You right. Know? And, and it's when a pandemic happens, like we all take it more seriously. That's clearly what happened. We're like, oh wait, this isn't the same though as like a flu virus. But now we learn that it kind of is. It's just similar. a different form. Like it's a different virus, but yeah. it's it's similar in the sense of the flu virus comes back all the time. It's very uh, unruly. Like it takes out a lot of people every year, and it's always mutating. Yeah. So that's what's kind of similar about this virus. But yet this one, we were like, oh no, we have to stop everything. We have to take this more seriously but the flu has been around for a long ass time and we don't take those precautions yeah. we also don't take those precautions when there was an outbreak of fucking swine flu or oh, yeah. or any of these other flus that came out in the yeah. last even decade yeah, yeah. but the reality is is because people felt like oh out of sight out of mind yeah we don't need to worry about it but when it comes to your front door and you realize oh my gosh people are dying from this disease we take it more seriously the reality is i'm afraid that the more this goes on, the less serious we take it because we've already shown to do that in this country for yeah. sure. It, after a month or two, the 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 bringing the collective attitude that we had as a, as a nation for a little mm-hmm. while there, as a, of saying like, hey, we got to look out for each other. We don't want to all get sick. Went away real fast because people all of a sudden like, I don't want to fucking wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I'm not gonna get sick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think the thing that happens with a lot of that stuff, and not trying to go too dig too deep into all that stuff again, right? The wearing masks and not wearing masks—it's another sensitive subject, right? But I guess one of the things that uh, some people are just stubborn. Some people are just stubborn. They, I don't want to wear masks, and that I don't give a crap, and that's final. You know what I mean? That, I just don't want to wear them because I don't want to wear one. You know, that's not how I, I feel uncomfortable with one. You know, kind of thing. And uh, I, I think some people are like, I need to see studies. You know what I mean? Because it was quick to say, let's put a mask on. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm all for it. If, if there is provable stuff, you know, if, if there's science back behind it, it says, dude, this works, just put your mask on for, for a month, you know, anywhere you go, you're good. It'll go away. It'll disappear. I think the biggest thing that has people scratching their heads is you start looking at places like Hawaii that they have a high compliance, you know, in terms of wearing masks. You know, I think they're in the, I don't even want to throw out a number, maybe 70%, 80% of the people, which is a huge number, are wearing their masks anywhere they go. And they're restricting anybody to fly in from Hawaii. And, and Hawaii is not a place you can say, well, you could have drove there. No, it's kind of impossible. Right. Right. You know, so you have to get there by plane. If you fly in, they quarantine you for two weeks or whatever. And they're seeing a, an outbreak right now. And that's that's something that a lot of people are scratching their heads, especially people who don't wear masks. And they say, okay, so you have this state that wears masks all day long. You know, they're very compliant. They're just trying to follow the rules, which is what anybody wants to do. We just, I, could, I think I speak for anybody that says we just, everybody wants to get this taken care of tamp down and put behind us. Nobody and we're only to, human. We yeah. don't control it. That's why we have all these scientists trying to desperately figure out a vaccine, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and and the thing is, I think is when when you get everybody... And so not many people, I believe, are traveling to Hawaii right now. Because you're going to be stuck in, in a whole... They will take you from the airport directly to a hotel room where you're going to be quarantined for two weeks. You cannot step out of that room. They'll take your food up. They'll do all these things. And yet they're seeing a massive outbreak. You know, and, and they're saying, well, if they wear their masks, you know, and... And uh, and they're isolating people for the for the two weeks. You know how is it there that there's an outbreak going? Right, because we're told that those two forms of control are effective. It's, yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's that's one of the issues with people not wanting to wear masks. And I'm not saying I'm saying like if if if, if it's what's going to help us get this taken care of, I'll do my part. Right, just like anyone else would. You know what I mean? It's like let's just get it done. And and I think when people see that, especially those that are against the masks to begin with. They start saying, you see, you see, the masks don't do anything. They don't stop us. You start seeing, then the unfortunate part too is you get conflicting studies. You know what I mean? From from all across the world. Right. I say masks are ineffective. Masks are effective. Masks are this and that. You also, know? different cultures 
are going to adapt to this virus differently, yeah. especially as it moves across the lands and mutates all the way across yeah. the world. You know? Oh, yeah, abs- absolutely, yeah. And so it's one of those things that's just like, you know, if it works, let's just, you know, do our part, you know, everybody, and, you know, it's like I said, just to get this squared away. You know what I mean? Just to get the squared away because, like I said, everybody wants to return to normal, although I don't believe normal like, will it exist doesn't exi- anymore. It doesn't even exist yeah. anyway. I mean, whatever we see in the future is going to be a new form of what we call normal. But again, I'm gonna I'm gonna reverse all the way back to an early topic. It goes back to the to the to the farming in the front of your house and in the back of your house. You know what I mean? In the 1850s, that was normal. In the 1950s, that's not normal. Right. So so the 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 2019 normal that we knew going forward, 2021, 2022, normal is gonna be a new a new form of it. It's not what we saw three years ago, five years ago. It's not gonna exist. You know what I mean? I was actually reading uh, reading on uh, or hearing this morning about uh, distance learning. On how you know you know you think about schools that live in areas where there's snow, oh you get a snow day occasionally, and they're like hey you know what no school today kids can't go to school. Well now snow days are 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 a thing of the past because hey kids can't make it to school, distance learning. Yeah. All right, hop on your computer. We're gonna do this virtual today. Right. We're gonna do it virtual until until the snowstorm passes and then we'll get back going on Monday back in school. Right. So uh, so it's crazy because again. That's going to be a new normal. Right. Snow days. It's a good point. Yeah, snow days are a thing of the past in a sense, and it, you know it might. Who knows? It, it might. They might still revert back to snow days, like counting school altogether. But maybe it don't. You know what I mean? Uh, and I guess that's what I, what's, what I was saying in, in the sense that snow days five years ago was normal, and in five years from now, in twenty twenty five, snow days maybe something that kids have no idea what it is. You know what I mean? What's right. a snow day? You got to tell them the whole story about you know. Hey, well, back then when it snowed too hard, not here obviously, but when it snowed too hard, we wouldn't go to school. And they're like, "What? You know, I have to get on the computer when there's no school. You know, on those days." So it's just you know again how normal is going to be something different going forward. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be it's you know it might be a good thing. Who knows? But it's definitely not going to be the same. But anyways, man. Um normalcy normal doesn't exist i feel like when when we say that the world's going to go back to normal i think there's a big dream of that still that people wanted to just go back to normal they desperately do and i think their version of normal is just not having to worry about a possible pandemic killing more people yeah and and that's what we should definitely be striving for but that doesn't consider to me that's not to me considered normal yeah you know um it's this is a very tense situation that is not normal in any way whatsoever. But was our world really normal in 2019? Like, look at our political unrest that's been building for the last three, four years, yeah. too. Like, and, and not even just three, four years. It's just because of Trump's presidency has really brought a different light to our political situation. Yeah. But since the beginning of the United States, it's been a fucking mess, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, obviously. And that's why there's even, you know, opposite parties, you know what I mean? Because there's all, you know... Right. There's, there's always going to be some kind of unrest in a sense because... There's two sides that don't disagree. Right. That don't agree, I should say. They'll agree on something sometimes, not all the time. Uh, but yeah, and going in terms of normal. And before we even go any further, I just want to thank you for having me on here. I really appreciated being a guest here and stuff. Hell I've had yeah. a great time, so this is exciting. Um, you know, so again, thanks again. Uh, but yeah, returning to the topic of normal. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, 2019, you look back and you think, man, you know, I wish you can go back to normal. But you're right, 2019, you look back, there was issues that were occurring then and, you know, the issues that have always been occurring. Um... So I guess, you know, I guess if people want to refer to normal as like maybe walking into a grocery store without 
a mask or or the whole social distancing thing, which I think that the masks at some point will disappear. You know what I mean? Once this kind of all gets settled, you know, and 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 COVID becomes a thing of the past, masks will go away. I also think there'll be a group, there'll be certain types of folks that'll desperately still cling to wearing a mask, even Absolutely. if there is not a threat of well, a pandemic, just out of fear of yeah. just. I really think this has caused a psychological disorder in some of us. A- you know? a- absolutely, absolutely. I think so too. And and it's funny though that you mentioned that because there were people already uh, certain I would say cultures that wore masks to begin with. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I have, you know, I, I can't think off the top of my head and I don't want to be throwing out specific cultures because I don't know which ones they are but you would go to you know certain locations you would see one you know maybe here and there with a mask on and uh, and uh that to them has always been normal. So this to them, wearing a mask in a store is not new to them. This is, again, that's why, again, sometimes normal is what your life is. You know what I mean? Um, because uh, some my normal is going to be different than the next guy's normal and so forth and so on. But there are certain things that are more of a, of a norm across the board type of thing. But, yeah, they, I think people are going to cling to to wearing the masks because they're going to feel safer. And, you know, and at the end of the day, no matter what, uh, in terms of what's going on right now in the world, it's as long as people feel safe, you know, and they do whatever they need to do, that, you know, that's fine. You know what I mean? I have, you know, I have no issues. You want to wear gloves, you want to wear goggles, you want to wear a mask. Like the reality is like, I think if you're sick anytime, I don't know why we haven't done this. Like, cause I think that a lot of, I'm going to say it, Asian cultures were more oriented towards, towards wearing a face covering when yes. they have a cold or a sickness to not give it to someone else Absolutely. to kind of suppress it a little bit. Obviously sneezing, coughing, things like breathing in general, all yeah. these molecules and shit are kind of contained somewhat filtered in the mask. Yeah, and so when this happened, I feel like, cause it's said to have broken out in China. Yes. Most of that country specifically was more apt to that. Cause they were used to that behavior. If I'm sick, I'm going to keep from getting you sick by wearing a covering. Yeah. But I think that really we should do that across the board anyways. The problem is I think people don't like wearing a mask because then it designates to the other people that I'm sick. Not not right now maybe because we're yeah. all wearing a mask because we don't know if we're asymptomatic, da-da-da. Yeah. But in general, you see someone in a store wearing a mask, you're like, uh-oh, that person might have a disease or some shit. Or they're a pussy and they're hella afraid yeah. of getting some shit in the store or they have no no quality lungs or whatever. Yeah. But but the reality is we need to let that go yeah. is what I mean. That, that idea that – that oh no, I don't want to look stupid or look sick in public by wearing a mask. But the reality is, if you're going in public at all, you should be controlling that and yeah. doing your part to keep other people from catching what you have. Yeah. But that's all we've been doing with this. It's become now almost everyone has to wear one because we don't know who's at risk. We don't know, and we couldn't all do that. We couldn't. Yeah. We can't handle that as a nation. I don't know what nation across the board everyone was in on it. Yeah. But I know that in a lot of the Asian countries, they were more like if they see you not wearing one. They fucking beat your ass in the streets. Weird <laughs> yeah. shit, bro. No, like, yeah. yeah, like yell oh, yeah. at you and shit. Yeah, no, yeah. And, and so the one of the, I think the the worst thing about COVID, because you're right, the, the what happened in the past is if you caught, if you had a flu or you had a cold, you know, you wouldn't go out or you would take the proper precautions. You know, you wear a mask and stuff because you don't want to get anyone else sick. Uh, I think the biggest issue with COVID is the the asymptomatic part of it. Right. Is that, you know, if everyone, if if you knew you had COVID, you know what I mean, if if, if if you ha- if the only way you had it was to show symptoms, whether it's a cough, what is the cough, the shortness of breath, and the fever, those are the three uh, main symptoms. But if you if you got one of those, you started feeling a little ill, you would stay home from work, you would stay home from school, you would, you know what, maybe send someone else, hey, can you go get my groceries because I'm under the weather or get it Instacarted in today's world too and get it delivered to your door. 
you know, that's what you typically would do, you know, if you're sick, most people, right? Some people still tough it out and go outside and it's like, you know, probably should stay home if you got a flu or you're contagious in any sense. But I think right now the biggest issue with COVID is if you don't have it, or I'm sorry, if you do have it and you don't know you have it, you're, you're a, you know, the whole point of wearing a mask, if I remember correctly, was because you said it's to protect others, right? Because, you know, you don't want to get someone else sick. The problem with being asymptomatic is you have no clue. Right. You know what I mean? You could be walking around perfectly fine. 100%. Unless you got a test, which no, the government's not providing. No, yeah, absolutely. For every person to, to know for to know, their yeah. own security even. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is that the problem with it too is it's so delayed. Unfortunately, we're, you know, because everything's getting backlogged. Because, you know. The, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and and the, big, the, the biggest thing about that is you feel fine. You go get tested. You're supposed to wait, uh, you know, uh, till you get your results. You're supposed to stay home till you get your results. And the thing about it is that if you you don't feel anything, you you might get that mindset. Well, I feel perfectly fine. You know, I got my test, but man, I don't have a, I don't have anything. I feel just like I do every day, you know. And then you start going out, you start doing all these things, and then a week comes back later, and they say, Hey, you know what? You're positive. Well, guess what? You just you were out there doing a bunch of stuff with a bunch of people, or who knows, right? What the deal was? Some people might have just stayed home isolated, but you might have put a lot of people at risk because you felt, man, I felt fine, right. you know. And that's a concerning thing, you know, again, and it, again, if, if COVID, I, I feel, this is just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I feel if COVID was, you you have to show symptoms. If asymptomatic wasn't a part of COVID, uh, I think it would have been a different tune. Right. Because most people would be like, oh, I, I feel horrible. I lost my, you know, if you felt the symptoms, you would stay home. But again, the fact that you could be out there feeling perfectly fine is where it's concerning because yeah, like I said, we don't have access to tests daily. You know what I mean? We don't have a, even then if you get a, some people are hesitant to take a test, even if you feel perfectly fine, but you want to get checked, because it's a matter of I have to wait ten days for results. Sometimes you get them in a day. Sometimes you get them in three. You know, and and I think that's that's one thing that scares people. And if you feel how if you feel fine, you don't want to get tested because you feel like if you gotta you gotta stay at home for five days and you come back and you say, hey, you're negative. Well, you just lost five days of your life. You know what I mean? And that's how I think some people view it. And it kind of throws, it kind of bums them out. You know? It's all fucked up for real because mm-hmm. the reality is, is when this popped off, everything got shut down for a reason because we were like, this is the only way this is going to work. Because mm-hmm. if we keep trying to carry on like normal, there's going to be tons of people that are either not wearing the mask. And even if they are, who's to say that that's enough? Yeah. Like when you're in the workplace and you're still just like, like, gosh, at any convenience store or whatever yeah. people are just popping in and out of there touching the same door handles putting the card reader in the machine touching the pin pad yeah. shaking hands da, 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 touching the same rock star that was stocked on the shelf <laughs> by the guy that came through in the co- in the truck yeah. that stocked that shit that maybe he's been to like five stores that he's touched the same door handle it's it's yeah. an endless web of possibility yeah absolutely but the reality is the only way we could for sure snuff that out would be to literally stop doing things for a while and yeah. the only if you're going to the grocery store because it's an absolute need wear the fucking mask and go right back home yeah. and kind of not have too much contact with people until we were to get through this but even just a month went by and people were not feeling it and we yeah. were losing money people's housing was in the shitter and they were afraid of losing their homes and yeah. all that stuff and they still are tenfold yeah. the reality is is there should have been a break, and I don't care where the money come from. I think it doesn't really matter. We already print out a bunch of fucking money that doesn't exist, and we're in trillions of dollars of fucking debt, debt anyways, yeah. in my opinion. This is the time where we would be able to go into more debt yeah. because this is actually an absolute necessity. Was bombing all those countries an absolute necessity, an absolute need? Uh-huh. No, it wasn't. Yeah. This is, to me, an absolute need. This is the yeah. citizens of this country dying. Yeah. You know? And, and that's, that's the unfortunate. On home soil, not in yeah. a war. No, unless yeah. this is a war that's a psychological <laughs> and like a. Uh, like biological uh, a biological yeah. war, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah, and it's it's funny because yeah, that's one of the things that yeah, you know, I, I 
that I am a little bit upset about in this situation that man, people are losing their jobs, people are passing away and stuff. And it's like, a lot of people need help and the help's not coming. You know what I mean? And and, and there's, some, you know, there's talks of, of a second uh, stimulus and, 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 and uh, an aid of some sort, but talks, you know, they, they couldn't come to an agreement. And at the end of the day, their paychecks are rolling in. They're, they're not worried about anything. They're getting their money still, and they're fine. Stimulus is like a Band-Aid, and yeah. you really need just another Band-Aid like now? Like this – I don't know how the federal government could not have just said, look, we don't need to give stimulus. Maybe we just need to tell every landlord and everything, we got you. Yeah. Don't make these people pay right now. This is impossible. And just that. They don't need to send out $1,000 yeah. checks to every person. I, you yeah. might even probably save money by just covering housing expenses for the time I, and, and, and letting it pause. You yeah. Know? And, and I, th- I think the – the, I think what, where, where you're going with it, I think is exactly right. I think the move shouldn't have been yet because a thousand dollars one is not much money. That's that's rent for a month maybe. Fuck. Also, bro. people didn't spend that money on on necessities. People that people may have went and bought shoes and stuff they don't need. And uh, but I, I guess where I'm going with it is that yeah, it could have been it should have been used more for for a housing situation for for to cover electricity and all these other things because the one thing I did think is man, how are these people going to pay their rent? And again, it comes back down to that whole trickle down effect that that if you, if the government tells the landlords you're not going to charge them, then the, but the landlords stole the banks, right? You know what I mean. And if the banks don't get their money, again, it comes down to that whole trickle down effect. If the banks don't get the money, then they're going to have to start making cuts within their own thing. And it's this whole right. circle, this whole cycle, this whole horrible takes cycle. everything out with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if there was something along those lines where if the the aid would have been more towards the housing, right. more towards uh, utilities. And like, hey, we're not going to give you money, but we're going to pump these companies full of money for all their, you know, for whatever, you know, whoever is uh, mortgaged through them or or rents through them or so forth and so on to just ensure that people have housing and stuff like that. Because, uh, yeah, you know, the money could get misspent, you know, in terms of if you get $1,000 and $1,000 goes so quickly. Yeah. And that was just a bandaid. That was like you said, that would cover the rent that was already due a month ago and then it's gone. And then it's gone, you know. Yeah. And yeah, I think there should have been, I think it should have been a different tactic, a different angle. I mean. I'm no politician. I don't either, yeah. but I mean, Homeland Security could have stepped in and like froze shit. I don't fucking yeah. know, man. You know, you got you got people that have a say, mm-hmm. and they didn't they didn't see it that way. And I also see what that would take. I'm not trying to sit here and be like, nothing comes from nothing, bro, and just print more money. It's just that look at what we've already done. We've done that for a bunch of unnecessary situations yeah. to keep stimulating war that may not even have a direct purpose or relief. Oh, relief. Okay, yeah. There, yeah, there's, there's obviously, you know, money that's been misspent in the past and, and maybe allocated to stuff that's like, nah, it could have probably been saved for other situations. Like you said, you know, we're already beyond in debt as a, as a nation. And, you know, what what's a little bit more? You know what I mean? What's a little bit more? And, uh, you know, I guess at the end of the day, it's just, you know, it's coming at the cost of Americans' jobs right now. And, and it sucks because you think about the number of, the sheer number of people that are out there right now. I mean, we're, we're again, we're, you and I are in a, in a situation where it's like, okay, you know, things are... Maybe not the greatest, uh, but the, it, it could be worse. You know what I mean? It could be worse, and uh, and uh, you know, my heart goes out to anybody who's suffering right now that worries uh, how they're going to get their meals tomorrow, how how they're going to pay next month's rent. You know what I mean? Again, jobs are non-existent right now. I mean, I, well, I guess what I should say is, job openings are almost non-existent right now. You know what I mean? And Unless you want to work for Amazon or one of these big companies, yeah. you know, that's the yeah. only ones holding on. Yeah. Which, uh, in my opinion, will monopolize through this. Oh, and yeah. It's already been shown to be happening. Well, monopolizing through this this, this pandemic. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. Well, because the thing is, uh, like Amazon, 
and companies like that, they, they haven't slowed down. If anything, they, they've blown up. They've ramped up to the yeah. point where they couldn't even prime it next day anymore for yeah. a while. There. They were just fucking, oh, it'll be there in a week. Yeah. And it's oh, like, yeah. what? I pay for prime. And they're like, look, we're overloaded. And it's yeah. like, what the fuck? And yeah. then they pay their employees shit money yeah. and give them a long ass route. Yeah. No, no, yeah. And shoot, they're even working Sundays. I mean, yeah. it's crazy how, how Amazon has become this giant megastar. Uh, in, in their world, they're, they're, this, they're monopolizing the game because they still operate with you know the post office. They still operate with FedEx and you name it. They still use logistic systems, but they've created their own too. And they got these Amazon Prime delivery vans and stuff like that. And they're doing something with Amazon that has never been done for the most part with logistics teams, and it's deliver on Sundays. You know what I mean? If you notice, you know sometimes you're like, oh my package is coming on Sunday. You know. UPS is Monday through Saturday. On a good day, you know, you get your Saturday delivery, and and now and Amazon's like, well, you you can't fulfill our needs. Well, screw you. We're gonna make our own logistics system, and who knows to say that's gonna wipe out one of the logistics that, that exists right now. And I'm not, I wouldn't name a specific one because I don't know where need any of them stand. But you know, you, as an example, it might wipe out FedEx. You know what I mean? And with FedEx going down, then all that business goes to Amazon, and then who's next on the chopping block? You know. And so Amazon, yeah, is absolutely there taking the world by storm with mostly America, right? But just the entire world by storm, but with, with what they're doing. And it's an, um, it's an insanely crazy business model on how they're making it happen. But I mean, they're, they're coming up with just about anything stuff you can think of. They're thinking of it, you know? I always tripped out like the ratio of Amazon, the website, the retailer, whatever, the wholesaler, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And the actual Amazon forest, and as it gets smaller, Amazon the company gets, <laughs> gets bigger, bigger and more widespread, and yeah. m- more money, more everything. It's almost kind of like a direct inverse ratio, like in our realm of consciousness. It's a weird way to look at it, but you know, like mm-hmm. it almost like uh, every part of an equation on both sides has to be there. Equal equality has to be there, yeah. even if that if we start because at one time humans. Main li- mainland was the rainforest, was the Amazon. It's speculated as such. Yeah. And now we've come out of that, expand across the world slowly. And now we're at this crazy futuristic, quote unquote, slash apocalyptic <laughs> fucking time in, in the world um, in 2020 where the Amazon's getting burned and shrunk and farmed and shit while Amazon, this company, is getting fucking worldwide, has its pull in probably too much now. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Um, not to say that it's some conspiracy or some direct correlation. It's just an interesting aspect of one uh, part of our existence trading off for another in a weird way, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, hell yeah, Lino. Super glad to have you here, bro. I'm glad to be here, man. I appreciate the invite. Um, I'm excited for this. Thank you again for inviting me here, like I said just a second ago. Uh, um, it was an honor. It was a pleasure, and uh, I'm excited for to hear it, and I'm excited to hear the uh, hopefully one soon. Well, you know, this will be hopefully a recurring theme occasionally when we get the time, and we'll come in, we'll talk about anything, and just you know have some fun with it. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. it will be. Yeah. So Lino Salinas, everybody, he's gonna be back on here. We're gonna do this more often. Um, if there's anything you wanna reach out and let us know, we have a Instagram. It's at symbiosisnow.podcast. I'm at Bro Dude Man on Instagram. So thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me. Hell yeah, bro. We'll see you soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Lino and me ramble on, talk about a bunch of stuff. I hope that that actually resonates with your your circumstances, or at least you feel not alone, and that we're obviously trying to bring more symbiosis to the table by having these conversations. So thank you as a listener for listening to us. Lino Salinas, everybody. Oh.